From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Kenny Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. That is correct. The Pick and Pod, February 7th, 2014. Kenny Ducey, Matt Rosenfeld, Kevin Kelly again on the phone because I just be, I've been doing terrible things to him. By coming in and We're doing this again, on Fridays though. because of throwing us all off. Because of my, my I'm I'm traveling, man. I was in St. Louis. Yeah, I'm still we'll tired. Stop getting the midweek women's games, all right? I'm still I'm still jet lagged. I'm of course doing Florida women's basketball. They're actually very good. They're a lot better than a lot of the NBA teams. I think. Just <laughs> not, I, don't, I don't I don't know if we can really say that, but they're like they're 18 and five or 17 and five. That's pretty better good. than the Knicks. Um, we have Tommy Beer from Basketball Insiders today. We'll talk to him in just a few minutes, which will be very exciting. But I mean. A couple of issues at hand right off the bat, guys. We have, first off, last night's games we can just briefly touch on because you were at w- one half of the games. I don't know how yes, you managed was. to do that at the Nets game. Um, you said nothing of note, though. I mean, well, well, I mean the Nets, well, when I where s- are they right now? When I say nothing of note, I mean going into the game, the Spurs were without Tony Parker, obviously without Kawhi Leonard, Manu Ginobili, and then decided to sit Tim Duncan after their double overtime win in Washington the night previously. So going into the game, you kind of expected the Nets to win and take care of business. And although they did, I must say, if the Net, if the Spurs had even one or two of those guys, the Nets probably would have been blown out. And it was not a very good game for Brooklyn. I feel like that's one of those games that the Spurs would win, though, because you you know they're really good despite their bench. Oh, or, absolutely! Or despite playing with their bench, and I, their bench is very good. Yeah. And I also love Marco Bellinelli. Guys. We had two guys who had their noses broken last night, and Bonner got a rebroken. I heard. Uh, well, I know Nando Decolo, the uh, the man from France. I had oh, honestly Nando. never never heard of. You tweeted about they had three guys from France. They do have three guys from <laughs> France on the roster, and a few other other international. Man. They have a bunch. Yeah, I was going back yesterday. They have a ton. There's somebody they just draft people from over there all the time. It but, seems like. But yeah, Nando caught a, a arm or a hand in the face and went immediately to the locker room. Came back out with a mask. So there were two masked men on the floor at the same time. <laughs> and they also had another man on the floor named Bane, but he was not wearing a mask. Oh, no. <laughs> That's pretty sweet, actually. Uh, <laughs> the Warriors-Bulls the Warriors game last night was like, I, I have to admit, it was really good at, at, at halftime. And I was like, oh, I got to go to sleep, you know, because we had to come, out, come in and do this in the morning. And I wake up this morning to look at the highlights, and it was just a complete blowout. Steph Curry had 34 points. He only shot six threes. I really, I just, I mean, it was fun watching Steph Curry for the first half of that game, at least. And the Warriors, to me, are a team that's not going to be in the top, you know, top two, maybe even top three in the West because of just how how good the West is. But, I mean, that's a team to me that you look at last year's playoffs, you look at this year's playoffs, which they'll certainly be in. I mean, they are dangerous. I think this is a type of team that if they if they dip down to like maybe the five and Portland dips down to the four and you get that kind of matchup, I could definitely see I'd the Warriors beating Portland. I could see that happening. Absolutely. And it's just it's interesting they managed to win last night. Both Bogut and Lee were out. Yeah. They played a Bulls team that has a great front court. I mean, Gibson had a big game. Boozer actually didn't play the whole time, I don't think. But uh even Noah, Noah had a great game last night, and they still managed to pull it out. And I agree with Kenny there. I think any team that can defend their home court will be dangerous in the playoffs, and the Warriors certainly could do that at Oracle Arena. And you know what? People say teams that shoot the three and live and die by the three can't win. Well, I've always kind of felt against that. 
let's see if the Warriors can prove me right because they are a team that certainly lives and dies by the long ball, and I'm hoping that they succeed in the playoffs. It's, it's interesting though because you look, they only shot 22 threes, which, I mean, I think for the Warriors is a little low. I mean, Barnes only had four. Curry only had six, and Thompson only had six threes. And then, I mean, other than that, I mean, it was really Jordan Crawford. Or yeah, Jordan Crawford had eleven. Marshawn or Harrison Barnes had eleven. Marshawn Brooks did not have eleven. <laughs> Although I wish Marshawn Brooks had eleven because I really <laughs> like Marshawn Brooks. But it, it was certainly a good performance by them. And we and we mentioned. I mean, David Lee to me is like the MVP of that team. I oh, think what he does is almost unspeakable. I remember back when he was on the Knicks, he would put up. A double double every game. He averages he still a double. He averages a double double. Right, and people don't appreciate it's the that quietest double double in the NBA every game. You know, Kevin Love gets all the, all the love for his double doubles, and David Lee is working hard in the ground doing the trench work and not getting the credits. And Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are the Splash Brothers over there. Yeah, you're definitely not surprised when you see a 20 and 10 line from Lee over and over again. But I think you have to talk about Bogut too because he just anchors that defense. He is really, really underrated. He is really important to this team too. I mean, they, I mean that's why this team is so good because they have a lot of shooters and they have two pretty good big men. Well, that's and then that's Harrison what they Barnes is a great wing player. That's what they thought in acquiring Bogut. They got rid of Monta Ellis because right. they thought Bogut was the piece to take them to the next level. Well, we're gonna find out. We mm-hmm. will find out. Um, we have to talk about Chris Grant getting fired by the Cavaliers and also the All Star craziness that's going to go on with this the freestyle and battle rounds and the dunk contest and Lillard's just gonna be like falling to the floor in, in fatigue uh, at the end of this one. But uh, we do have to get to Tommy Beer first. He writes for that wonderful new basketball site, Basketball Insiders, and he joins us now. Tommy, how's, how are you doing and how's the beer doing this morning? Yeah, it's doing pretty well, pretty well. Important to keep a little facial hair in this cold weather, my man. Oh, dude, I, I really wish. I had to shave for a job interview yesterday. I really wish I just could just keep growing it out forever. It's it's very bitter cold outside. <laughs> uh, I hear you. It, yeah, it's it's not good. Um, First off, because cause you have written consecutive articles about Carmelo maybe getting traded, and, and not none really this month, but, but pretty recently. Um, And it's, it's just funny to me that every time that the Knicks go on sort of like a winning streak, everyone forgets about oh, the, the fact best. that maybe you want to trade Carmelo. And, well, I mean, now there's like maybe the recent developments that he doesn't maybe want to go to Chicago as his top choice. And, and that was where it, what you wrote your, your last article on it. It did make sense, maybe that trade. What do you see as of today in terms of a possibility for moving Carmelo Anthony and the likelihood for that happening? Well, let's start with the likelihood. I think that it's slim to none, uh, unfortunately, for a Nick, from a Knicks fan's perspective, because I think the owner has, um, let's just say his top priority isn't necessarily winning championships, or if he does believe it's winning championships, he may be a bit misguided in believing that Carmelo Anthony would be the centerpiece to a championship team. Um, and you mentioned the articles I wrote, and again, it's important to note um, in those articles as I do that, this is not a knock uh, directly on Carmelo Anthony, who is, whose, whose game speaks for itself. I mean, let's be honest. He's, he's the second-best scorer in the NBA behind Kevin Durant and is as, as talented offensively as you know as a handful of players I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, but the fact of the matter is you probably aren't going to win a championship with him as your best player in his prime, which means you're very unlikely to win a championship with him as your best player, taking up about 40% of your salary cap. And I think that's kind of where my my thought process is when it comes to projecting forward with the Knicks and Carmelo, um, because you got to understand the scenarios. If he, does, if, he is, if he is a member of the Knicks after the trade deadline, that means they're probably going to do everything in their power to re-sign him, which means they're probably going to offer him the max. 
and if the Knicks are paying Carmelo Anthony, um, you know, the, the exact number is $29.1 million in the 2018-2019 season. So when he's 34, almost 35 years old, he's going to be making almost $30 million, and that's not conducive to winning a championship, in my opinion. Tommy, I'm with you. I don't, I don't see Carmelo going anywhere. I don't see James Dolan swallowing his pride and going into a rebuilding process. But I guess the next question is, if you're not going to move Carmelo Anthony, are you going to move the head coach ever? When is Mike Woodson going to get fired? And wh- why? When was, when's he going to do it? Yeah, I think, uh, it, I think it'll probably be in the offseason uh, for a number of reasons. Primarily because they're not going to bring in a big-name coach that's gonna, you know, you know, that, that, they're, that they have their eyes on. Um, and uh, I think it kind of – I understand it. Yeah, I understand the fans wanted to get Woodson out of there right now. But I think if you look at, you know, if you, if you look at the big picture, he probably gives them a decent chance to win their first-round game. I mean, he obviously – or get into the playoffs and potentially win a couple games in the first round. He, he, you know, he coached the team to 54-win season last year. He's familiar with the roster. He's familiar with the players. And sometimes he may be a little bit too familiar, and, and, a little, and it's very frustrating for Knicks fans. He doesn't seem to, to be flexible at all. Um, but I, but, but, you know, I think if you're going to make a suggestion, you know, to candidate, um, Woodson, which makes sense. Um, I think if you, if you have another great coach that's going to come in and, and kind of spark a new change, that's one thing. But if you fire Woodson just to bring in a guy like Herb Williams, I'm not sure if that's counterproductive. Then you'd have to pay two coaches. So it might make sense just to hold on to Woodson and then see if you can get, you know, one of the guys that they're targeting this summer, whether it be a Tom Thibodeau or Jeff Van Gundy. Makes sense. Sorry, but one more, one more for you, Tommy. Uh, you know, the the on the Knicks at least the winning streak that they recently had featured a lot of Jeremy Tyler, uh, a lot of Tim Hardaway Jr., some Terre Murray. Now you look at you know Kenya Martin and Marsh Stoudemire back. Where does Jeremy Tyler really fit in? Because I don't see him fitting in anywhere. But I mean, do you agree he kind of deserves some more minutes at this point? Uh, absolutely. It's almost as if he's better than Chris Smith. You know, it's weird. It's, 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 for some reason. Um, no. I'm a, I, I'm a, I, uh, I got a chance to watch Tyler up close and personal. I was out in Vegas during the summer league, um, and uh, I, I really liked what I saw from Tyler. I thought he's aggressive, high motor, big body, athletic, um, has good hands, can finish with, with either hand around the paint. Um, he needs some work defensively, um, not due to lack of effort, but just positioning and understanding um, defensive concepts in the NBA, going against bigger, stronger guys that he's not able to dominate physically. Um, but I definitely like his upside. So, yeah, I think it's very – I think it's one of – um, I think it's imperative that Woodson does carve out some minutes for this guy going forward, not only for this year, because let's be honest, they're not winning a title this year. So um, it's about building towards next year and building towards the future. Um, make, you know, see exactly what you have at Jeremy Tyler. Uh, get him comfortable in the league. You know, you know, let, take those training wheels off. Um, you know, get, get him some touches the post, run a few plays for him every once in a while here and there. Um, that's going to come at the expense of some guys' minutes, and we know Woodson likes to play as veterans. Um, so, uh, you know, Torrey Murray has had an opportunity, didn't, didn't play as well as some thought he might, um, but I still think in certain situations he's definitely a benefit to have on the court, especially when you're playing against quick uh, athletic guards that the Knicks have, you know, that Felton in particular has trouble guarding. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, uh, Tyler, Jeremy Tyler's the guy uh, that you want to see more of definitely down the stretch. If you don't mind, Tommy, since Kenny always wants to make this basically a Knicks podcast, if I could take it to the, ne- the other borough. Sure. Um the Nets, you know, they're obviously, they struggled in 2013. They seem to have turned it on a little bit. I guess the biggest question I have going forward is, are they basically the only team in the East that won't get blown out by the Pacers or Heat in a playoff contest? Because they seem like it to me. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to phrase it. I mean, I think obviously um, we're all waiting for the, the, the Eastern Conference Finals between the, the Heat and the Pacers, and that seems almost like a, a foregone conclusion at this point. In fact, I, I had somebody tweet me the other day. I thought it was a good point. They should just make it a best of 21 Heat versus Pacers <laughs> and, and, and lead the other, the other two rounds of the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I think uh, – I think that that makes sense. Because this team is a team that's built for playoff success. They're not built to, to win 60 games in the regular season, obviously, as we've seen by how poorly they played in 2013. And even when they're playing now, um, they're a team filled with veterans. Um, and uh, I, I think the, good, the, the real benefit uh, for their strong start to 2014 is that they're not going to have to push like mad just to make the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. Ideally for them, they'll be able to make it to the sixth seed or higher. Obviously, you want to avoid the seventh or eighth seed. And if, and if Kidd has an opportunity to rest you know, KG a bit down the stretch, give Paul Pierce a few minutes off here and there, um, and obviously Darren Williams, you know, with ankle injuries and some other injuries that he's dealing with, you don't want to you don't want to have to push these guys driving 90 miles per hour just to make the playoffs. So if they can rest a little bit, um, and obviously maintain that momentum and confidence that they have currently, um, I think that's the ideal scenario for the Nets. Um, and certainly, I wouldn't pick them to beat the, the Heat or the, the Heat or the Pacers. <laughs> but I think, like you said, if anybody has a chance to scare them maybe force a game six, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's a veteran battle-tested guys like Garnett, Pierce, because you know they're not going to be afraid. Um, you know, I think Kirilenko is a key piece to, to what they do offensively and defensively. If he can stay healthy, if they can get those guys playing and healthy, um, they're a scary team. I wouldn't want to play them. I know that. Kennedy, you see Matt Rosenfeld talking with Tommy Beer, senior NBA analyst uh, and, and fantasy sports editor at Basketball Insiders. Tommy, let's switch it. Uh, let's keep it in the East here. The Cavaliers are pretty awful and they just fired their GM Chris Grant how do you go about how would you go about personally if you were given the reins um fixing this team as as Tommy Beer new GM of the Cavaliers yeah I, I think uh Chris Grant's only the first domino to fall there um I think the writing's on the wall that Mike Brown's uh you know should should rent and not buy um you know for 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 a place out of Cleveland um because uh, as we know this is a superstar league and it sounds like he's lost his superstar and Kyrie Irving. And, and let's be honest, um, you know, it, it, it's going it, to, it, you know, you can replace a guy like Mike Brown. You can't replace a guy like Kyrie Irving. And, and people are down on Kyrie Irving this year, understandably so. Um, but let's be honest, if you watched him play when he's healthy, the kid is as exciting as any point guard in the NBA. Um, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to improve on the defensive end, improve his shot selection. His, his field goal percentage has been horrible this year. Um, but that said, I mean, the kid is super talented. Um, you know, it's dynamic, you know, just a personality, you know, way of way of approaching the game. So he's definitely a guy I would build around just because their superstars are so hard to find. And, um, you know, as far as him not accepting a max deal from the Cavs, I find that hard to believe. Um, just the way that the NBA salary is structured um, and the, the limitations of a rookie scale. And this is also a guy that's been injured. Um, so I, I don't see him passing up the big money. Um, that the, that the Cavs will be able to offer him uh, starting this summer. So I think that's your first piece, lock him into place, and then try to clean up the pieces around him. I was never a big Deion Waiters fan coming out of Syracuse. I don't think he fits with, with Kyrie Irving, and I think his attitude is an issue. I think you want to try to surround Irving at this stage of his career with veterans, uh, you know, stable locker room guys, a good presence that's going to you know, give him the guidance and, and kind of teach him how to, what, what being professional is all about. Um, so, you know, they're not, they're not clogged in terms of their salary long term. They still have some flexibility there. Get a good GM in there. Um, one name making the rounds uh, yesterday was Glenn Grunwald, which uh, I think he did a terrific job in New York. 
and I think he'd do a good yeah. job in Cleveland. Um, Alex Kennedy of Basketball Insiders also mentioned uh, that Kenny Smith was a, was a candidate, which I thought was interesting, a guy that's been around the league a while. I don't know if you want to go with the inexperienced GM, but um, interesting nonetheless. So, um, yeah, so I think long-term you want to build around Kyrie, um, you know, get some get some good guys in there, get you know, get a locker room that, that's comfortable and, and settle it down a little bit and just try to hit the reset button. All right, Tommy, before we get you out of here, the NBA dunk contest field looking pretty good this year. Paul George, John Wall, Damian Lillard, Terrence Ross, Harrison Barnes, Ben McLemore. Uh, they also have the freestyle and battle rounds. Who are you taking for the dunk contest, and are you pretty excited, actually, for this week or this year's All-Star game? Because in years past, the, the skills competitions, the you know, three-point competitions, they've been kind of boring, but it looks pretty fun this year. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, you know, hope, we, we've always been hoping that good players and, and good dunkers would get in there, and I think they definitely have the, uh, on paper, it sounds like they have some, some good some good athletes and, and definitely some dunkers in there, so I'm excited. Um, I think Paul George is probably the odds-on favorite, and we saw that 360 in-game he did it a couple weeks ago, which is crazy. But if I'm going to put my money on a sleeper, I like Ben McLemore in Sacramento. Um, I agree. Jump out, yeah, yeah, dude can jump out of the building. He's a young kid, you know, obviously um, hasn't had, hasn't had quite the rookie season that, that many out in Sacramento and hope he had. Um, so, you know, the, the younger players, the rookies, tend to get a little more excited, take it a little more seriously than the vets. Um, so I like Macklemore. And, yeah, but one thing about the All-Star Contest that I, that I always hope they would do, and I hope they will do at some point, is incorporate some kind of one-on-one contest. I know mm, we're not going to get cool. LeBron. Yeah, I know we're not going to get LeBron against Durant. But, you know, what about, uh, you know, you know uh, Jared Jack against, uh, you know, Sean Livingston? Just any, 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 any <laughs> one-on-one conference. You, you would get plenty of guys that would be willing to do it, even if it was, you know, the D-League All-Stars. I just think it's a really cool aspect of the game that we don't get to see a lot and to see that, you know, two of the top, you know, 1% of basketball players in the world play one-on-one, I think it'd be really interesting and add a little spice. And they obviously need to change up the All-Star competition weekend in some way. So I think that'd be a, a fun new thing they could do. Hopefully they incorporate that at some point. That would be really cool, actually. I'll, I'll be yeah. uh, just uh, thinking yeah. about Sign that. Sign me up for NBA yeah. players willing one-on-one every day. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I would I would always lose if I ever if I ever did that against anyone at this staff. Um, Tommy Beer, Basketball Insiders, senior writer there. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your morning to join us here, and uh, we'll see you around the garden soon. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, fellas. Thanks, Tom. Great stuff from Tommy, and uh, you know that's actually a really fun idea. If oh. you had, and even like just like Jack and Livingston would be cool, or like. Like like Wall and Lillard would be fun. Like, you have no idea how these guys would get so into it. It would be awesome. Oh yeah, and but that's like they already get into horse. Yeah, like that would be way better than horse. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I I'd even go for like a two on two or a three on three tournament. Just a little. Yeah, like would, like pick your own guys. Basically, something like that. yeah, that would be fun. Absolutely, that'd be so much fun. I've heard that one on one idea uh, put out there before, and I I think it should happen soon. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be it'd be great. Um, this dunk contest. Well, we let's just talk about it for a sec because it's just loaded uh, right now. And Damian Lillard is his schedule is loaded. He's going to be, you know, just exhausted um, doing all three of these events. George Wall, Lillard, Ross, Barnes, Macklemore. You know what? Uh, we've seen Terrence Terrence Ross. He's a Oof. vet. He's a vet in a dunk contest. He's done it before. I really like Macklemore. Um, uh, I agree with Tommy. I, I, yeah. He's because he was really good in college dunking. He's, he, he could, like he said, he can jump like Ter- You know, Terrence Charles can jump, and Macklemore can jump like that, and it's gonna show in the dunk contest. I'm gonna say though, if it's not Terrence Ross, I think it's gonna be John Wall. John uh, Wall. I just, I was surprised he was even in it. John Wall's uh, hoop mixtape from co- from uh, high school is unreal. 
Yeah, that's I've seen that as well. So that's your pick, Kenny. You're saying John Wall? I, I just, I, well, I think, I think if it's not Terrence Ross, it'll be John Wall. I, I, these are, I, I'm, I'm just, I know I'm going out on a limb here. I know that like Paul. George Don't sleep will on Paul George. He's, He'll probably I know, that's fine win. To say. I think it's Paul George. All right. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know. I just think I just don't don't count John Wall out. That's all I'm saying about this dunk contest. What do you guys? Really think? interesting thing about this is that Lillard, Barnes, and Ross were all picked back to back to back. I found that out in the, oh, that wow. was the draft uh, in 2012. I didn't think about that. I, I found that out when I was researching how bad the Cavs picks have been over the past few years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've been really bad, and that's actually a great segue to. To talk, because like screw the shooting stars. Who wants to hear about Dell and Steph Curry and the, both the Hardaways? I mean, with all the Hardaways. Yeah, mm. the, the, all of the Hardaways. Not all of them, though. Not even close. Um, the the Cavaliers are really bad. Anthony Bennett is really bad. I posted his shot chart last night, and some Cavaliers fan just said, "Please don't show me that again." It's really <laughs> bad. He's shooting under thirty percent. He hasn't made a right elbow jumper all year. And then you look at these draft picks, like you said, Kev. Like Tristan Thompson, I was listening to the Ion Basketball podcast, and I forget who was was joining the the show. He was a Cavaliers blogger, but he said you can play the Tristan Thompson contest. Look at any team in the NBA, and would they want Tristan Thompson as their starting power forward? And the answer is no. Mm, yeah, I think that's true because I'm trying to go down the list. Very... Like not even Josh McRoberts. He was saying like like you that's probably want Josh McRoberts. It's yeah, just, it's I look down who else was drafted after Thompson just for the power forward position. You have Vesley, you have Bismack Biombo. There wasn't a lot there. I mean, the Morris twins were there, which would have been, I mean, I guess a better pick for them. But I didn't hate the Thompson as much because the other guys who got picked after that, there were a couple point guards. I mean, they'd already gotten Irving with the number one pick that year. Yeah. Um, it, it, some of these picks or some of these drafts are just really tough to take anybody who's worth having. But you look at down the road, Irving. It was great, and outside of that, Dion Waiters. I don't know if he is really what they want, and they still don't really have a great big man. You know, they're gonna have to move Verjao, I think, to get something because well, I, I mean they think they just have here's to. Here's the thing about the Cavs. I'm looking at their roster right now. Guys like Anthony Bennett. I mean, Earl Clark. They just got Luol Dang. Tristan Thompson. Well, Luol Dang's old. I, I pretty know, much old, but he's a piece that could really help. Yeah. But I see all these guys, and they're all like. Those tight, those stretch guys that are just athletes that, if they pan out, they turn into these spectacular players. And then Tristan Thompson's a perfect example. It's just like this guy's just not very good at in the NBA yet. And I I feel bad for the Cavs because I think at least half of these guys are gonna find their way to teams with good organizations and good head coaches, and maybe be a good piece. And it's just not gonna be for the Cavs. Well, at least Bennett's been on the floor is all I want to say because Nerlens Noel hasn't even touched the floor yet. He was picked six, but everybody was saying he was going to be the number one pick last year. If the Cavs had picked him, it would have been a whole different situation. Everybody would have been on their case. He apparently has attitude issues in that locker room. It would have been just awful. I don't know, but we still haven't seen Nerlens Noel, so we really can't make the the assessment yet, which is, I, I guess, a plus for for the you know for the Pelicans for taking him or the Sixers rather. Um, just because or moving to get him, but I, I right because I mean you look at He's all the a other guys. Old big man, right? Macklemore is not that great yet. Anthony Bennett has negative point nine win shares, which is last in the NBA. His PER <laughs> is way down there in the NBA rankings. He's really bad. I, I don't. I do. I mean, I do. You guys see even a remote possibility that Anthony Bennett turns it around? I I know he's athletic, but 
he is just, he does not look good. I don't know. He has a lot of health issues. The asthma was obviously documented, but apparently he has some sleep problems as well. I just, I don't really see him being good. I think it was a risk. I think they should have taken Oladipo. It was a much safer pick, but they were, they were like, oh, we have waiters. Why, why would we pick Oladipo? <laughs> well, I think they're regretting that immensely now. But yeah. I, to answer your question, Kenny, I do think Bennett figures it out. I mean, let's not rush to judgment. He's been in the league for 50 games. He's not gonna. He's not the first high, highly drafted player to struggle mightily well, out of the gate. Right, but he is no. But he is the worst out of all of the first round picks. I mean, he is historically the worst. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt he's playing at a very, very bad level. But I just, I don't see this guy who's got bucket loads of talent completely failing. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's not gonna be this star, or at least it seriously looks that way. But that doesn't mean he can't have a successful NBA career. Yeah, they just drafted a position they didn't need. It really made no sense. If they, if they were worried about having waiters at the shooting guard position and not yeah. taking Old Depot, then why would they take Bennett when they have a bunch of power forwards? But but then you were like, oh, but he's he's the best player available, according to them at least. You know, they clearly think so. You know, is he might be bring something to the table. Maybe he's athletic. I don't know. I just, I just thought it was very interesting. It, it um, does come down yeah. to bad scouting at the end of the day. I mean, we all saw the writing on the wall with a guy like Old Depot who's doing tremendous things down in Orlando and they just they had Bennett higher on their board and they picked him and they're reaping the benefits but by the way listen I was I was going back last night um on the NBA media site uh looking at Anthony Bennett's stats just ran this random stats because you love because watching he's people fail terrible uh and and here is his first the the call from his first basket from the Milwaukee announcer Not better than in the previous games Hits his first shot as an NBA player. People will remember that the way they remember the fact that Tiger Woods started his PGA career in Milwaukee. They won't. <laughs> I just thought that was, I, but I thought it was so funny because he was so right. People were like, oh, they won't remember that at all. But he was more right than he thought he was going to be. He thought he was gonna he was going to be saying that because he would hit so many shots that no one would remember the first. It's like that was one forty third of all the shots he's hit this year. Oh my god. When you say when you say one forty third, I actually I feel genuinely bad for the kid. <laughs> well yeah, he started off the season, he was like one for twenty something. That first shot made it like one for twenty, I think it was. It was, I know, I know, of course I always love a good Tiger Woods reference, but that was just something else, really. <laughs> I, I thought that was really funny. Um, all right, before we get out of here, picks for the All-Star Weekend contest for you. For, for the, oh. for, I mean, well, you know, more, more of is it going to be the Currys or the Hardaways? That's really all I really want to know. Well, right I'm, I'm always and forever always will be pro Hardaways. My boy Tama went to the University of Michigan, who always – has my heart I always have my heart with them and I think Tim Hardaway and Mr. Hardaway are going to show up the Currys I don't think Dell's got it anymore really oh that's that's foolish it's going to be the Currys there's just no doubt <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it's really debatable I can't believe you're picking the Hardaways if he gets on a streak I could see how it could happen but he's just so streaky. listen man it's one time it could happen oh <laughs> I you know I, I gotta go with the Currys here. I gotta go with Kev. It's I, fine. I think the Currys. I think the Currys just sweet shooters. I, you you can't bet against the Currys. We don't we don't want your love anyway on the Hardaway team. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's fine. I I love the Hardaways. I love the Hardaways. You better. Well, well, the the latter, the the younger Hardaway at least right now, and uh, bef- also two interesting injury notes. Um, 
Nick Young, Swaggy P, oh, swaggy. out two weeks, which is just, I'm sorry, Nick Young. That's, that's uh, it's just, just terrible just news. poor getting poorer. And CP3 expected to rejoin the Clippers on Sunday. Can't wait. I, anytime, Very excited for Anytime that. you can get a top five player in the NBA back on the court is a good time. And Westbrook anytime now. So it's really a lot of players coming back. It'll be good. Yeah. Uh, who, what, what's Westbrook. that Thunder team going to do with Westbrook? Should they trade we'll him to the out. Knicks? Should they <laughs> trade him to the Knicks? The Knicks should go for him, but they Knicks won't. Knicks should definitely go for the Knicks. <laughs> Our, the, I just said the Knicks should go for the Knicks. Um, all right, for Matt Rosenfeld, for Kevin Kelly on the phone, Kenny Ducey here. Follow us on Twitter at WFV Sports. Text us, call us, 347-903-WFUV to get in touch. Follow Matt Rosenfeld at MattyRose16. Follow me at Kenny Ducey. See you.